Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome to the Saint Happy Hour podcast with host Ralph Malbro and featuring bloggers Andrew Juge of SaintsNation.com, Kevin Held of The Team Drops the Ball, and Dave Cariello of Canal Street Chronicles. This podcast is nothing but serious football talk and hardcore analysis. Which four of you would survive the longest in the zombie apocalypse, and in which order would you die? Well, Ralph, no offense, you're going first. Oh, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) The zombies would smell Dave's sugar blood and target him. (laughs) (laughs) They'd get his... (laughs) I don't even have a joke, Dave! (laughs) Dave Dave smells like nougat! Now here's your host, Ralph Malbrose. All right, welcome to Saints Happy Hour Podcast. As always, we are sponsored by you, the fan. Donate if you can. We're going to give you the drunk histories. We're going to give you a bunch. We gave you the bonus episode in October, but we're going to give you two drunk histories in November to make up for the one we didn't get to in October. Uh, If you can't donate, at least go to iTunes and give us a nice, juicy five-star review. Uh, That'll help us out a lot. Uh, All right, the Saints are six and fucking two. They are skull-dragging teams, and they're not even, like, playing A-plus games, Andrew. What 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 world are we in? Like, I felt like they played pretty good against Tampa, but I wasn't like, oh, my God, they're just, they're clicking on all cylinders. It's just, I was like, yeah, they're just... Yeah, I don't really think they were. No. That, that's, that's the incredible part about this, is they win 30-10. to 10. They cry. I, I said last week, you know, if the Saints are serious about making the playoffs... They're playing a weak opponent with a battered quarterback that hasn't been playing well. They're playing at home. Like, if they're serious about winning the division, making the playoffs, whatever, they need to crush the Bucks. And while they did that, there still was like – I mean, I, I'll put it to you this way. You look at the Eagles, you look at the Rams, who are, have kind of come out there and stated, like, we're the best teams in the NFC – and they solidified that with huge wins. Yeah, but you Philadelphia know, put, had four four touchdowns that didn't go twenty yards. Yeah, but I'm just yeah. saying, you, you know, you've got you, they're putting up fifty and forty points. Mm-hmm. And if you were to ask me, you know, why didn't the Saints do that? I think if you add up the blocked extra point, the missed field goal, the fumble by Kamara, uh, the dropped punts. Uh, you, you, you take away all that by, stuff. Just, just take yeah, away the, the com- bomb. Like you take away all that stuff. And that's how they go from winning 30 to 10 to like 48 to three. Yeah. So like, mm-hmm. you know, honestly, like they clean up some stuff. They're beating bad teams like 48 to three. And that's what they were doing in 2009. So when Bree says there's still room to grow, I believe that. Now that said, they have that many mistakes and they're still winning 30 to 10. <laughs> I think that tells you just how good this team can be. And, I mean, uh, still, I mean, you take away the mistakes, still, I, I feel like this was a statement game for the Saints, that they're for real and this is going to be a fun season. And Dave, how was the how was the atmosphere at the Dome? Uh, it was good. I mean, everybody 
you know, it always helps when the Saints get off to a good start. Uh, you got a big play like a blocked punt. Uh, and obviously that's going to keep everybody interest and interested. Uh, I thought everybody was loud. I thought everybody was good. I, I, I think everybody realizes that uh, things are starting to feel a little special. So, yeah, I mean, you know, what's weird is like we're we're used to the offense being better than this. Yeah. And so and so it's weird because they're six and two. They're as good as they've ever been in terms of record. Um, you know, they're right up there with all those teams that made the playoffs. But this is probably the worst we've ever seen the offense be. They're, just, they're still good. They're still putting up points and yards. But I think it's hard for some fans to get around. Like, how could they be winning when Drew hasn't been that great and the offensive line is meh and, and the receivers aren't playing that well? well no, I, I feel like the offensive line, considering they've been battered with injuries, has been pretty yeah, good. Yeah, good. Yeah. No, that's, that's fair. But I'm just saying I think we're used to the offense – we're used to the team losing despite having the number one offense. They're, and so it's just interesting how they've maybe dropped to like the seventh or eighth best, best offense. I mean, I don't know where they rank, but I'm just saying if you look at it on based on the eye test, I mean, they're not killing te- defenses like the Eagles are right now uh, or the Rams, but they don't really need to. Yeah, they win. They, they, they aren't. Um... They aren't like vintage Saints offensive, like 2011, 2012. No. Even 2012, it gets it gets sucked in the memory hole because the defense was so atrocious. That offense in 2012 rolled. Yeah, but they have a better balance now, and it's, it's yeah. a little bit of a shock. I'm saying it's like a shock to the system. The yeah. fans aren't used to this. They're like, oh, wow, Like if you have balance – our offense actually doesn't need to be that good. Well, this is a good question, Dave. When do you, as a, when do you, as a Saints fan, look at the Saints and be like, okay, this is what they are. They're not really gonna get a lot better on defense. They're not gonna get a lot better on on offense, defense, offense, especially. This is kind of what they are. When do you, as a fan, like make that decision? Like, how long does it take you to be like, this is what they are. This is what I expect, and it's. This is how it's going to be going forward. Like, have you made that decision with the Saints yet this year? Like, the defense is going to be really I good. I mean, we're halfway, we're halfway through the season, so yeah, uh, I think we're there. I mean, it is, it is what it is at this point. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the defense I think is is playing as good as they're ever going to play. I don't, I don't think they're going to get any better. I mean, I think Andrew just said it's possible that Saints are second in yards you know, per game on offense. By the way, yeah. Well, but the, well, the one stat that they are really good in is the point differential. I think they're fourth in the entire league. Uh, it's pretty damn good. Mean, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a key stat. I mean, that means you're, you're holding your opponents to few scores and you're scoring a whole bunch yourself. They're sixth in um, points, by the way. Like, we're, bitch, we're, we're, a, we're bitching and complaining about the offense. We're like, it's not that good. It's not what we're well, used to. You're, it's you're, not like, you're bitching. You're, kinda, you're bitching. I'm not, I'm not bitching and and there's, um, they're seventh and running the ball, by the way. But, yeah, but I, I won my forty-eight to three win. God damn it, Ralph. Yeah. Well, okay. So I mean, I, I mean, I, I think obviously this, this, this is what it is. This is the defense. The defense is what it is, and the offense is, is what it is. But at the same time, I feel like the offense does have the potential to, um, you, you might get one of those games where they just roll and they just steamroll and they just come out firing and can put up forty-eight points. They certainly have that capability. But they don't seem to be, uh, you know, a team of, of the past where they would do that every single game. 
Um, and you I know the other part of it. The other part. The other part of it too is. If they didn't kind of cave in the second half of the third quarter against Detroit and Carolina, they were close. And I'd say even Tampa. You know, they hit a couple of those plays, and but, they but, were but close he, to being but, gangbusters in a few games. Yeah, but 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 keep in mind that, you know, a lot of those Saints teams. They were seven and nine, eight and eight. They were playing from behind a lot. They were, having to, they were having to pass a lot, especially in the second half. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Uh, they don't have to do that this season, so they're not. And they're uh, running the hell out of the ball. They, yeah, and that was that was the other thing too. I mean, y- y- yes, yesterday in the dome, I was like, that th- there was that maybe the second drive or whatever. I mean, they just kept running it and running it, and I was just like, I've I've never seen them like yeah. this dedicated to the run. I mean, they almost. That's they a good point. Went, maybe they, they're they not worse. The maybe the they're just different. Yeah, they I think they're. Di- here's the thing, Dave. Your boyfriend, Mark Ingram, he is on pace. To have well, the Kamara is my new boyfriend because he's on my fantasy team, he, and I also played the Saints D yesterday. I fucking crushed it. Yeah, now, I did too. I'm now seven and seven and two. I haven't played the Saints of first D place. in fantasy in like seven years. I'm, they're like they're like a top five defense. Yeah, I'm fantasy. retarded. I played them versus Carolina and Miami, and I cut them for some reason because I'm an idiot. Because <laughs> of the bye week? Yeah, I was dumb. It was stupid. Um, but but here's the thing: Mark Ingram was on pace to to have the most carries and most yards rushing ever by a Sean Payton running back. He's going to break. He's on pace to have more carries than Deuce in 2006, and he's on pace to have like 120 more yards than Deuce in 2006. I mean, yeah, it's amazing. This is a this is a monster team. Uh, you know, but, uh, we got to get into a couple things about the Dave, game. Mute yourself if you're not talking, damn it. <laughs> Davis at Cooter Brown's getting hammered on a Monday because that's how we that's how we do it. I have a quick comment about Jameis Winston. Am I allowed to do that? Go now? ahead. I, it just has never been more clear to me that that team will never win <laughs> with Jameis Winston as their quarterback. I just look at him. And I, I all you have to do is listen to his pregame talking about eating a W. And the oh. best part of it is he goes. Who wants to get a W tonight? He specifies tonight when kickoff was at noon. Details mattered. Yeah. Details but mattered. I just think you look at him and you look at how his teammates are responding to the, the idiocy that he's putting out there. 
And it, it just, it just dawned on me. It's like, if, 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 you know, maybe if he, if he gets hot and he's playing well, then his teammates will get excited and it'll be fun. But anytime the going gets tough or, you know, you, you've got to stay bonded together. I mean, how many times have the saints been 0 and 4? I mean, how many times have we seen them stick together and kind of persevere through and that's breeze no know, knowing they had a pretty mediocre to terrible well, team that's all and finding a way to fight and like i just don't think Jameis winston is ever going to inspire offensive linemen to block for him i mean they're professionals they'll try but i he is he's just not a winner he they it, say it's he's never a leader been more that, clear to me but he he is hey being vocal does not necessarily yeah. mean that people are buying the message um, Dave, uh, Devonte Harris was public enemy number one after like three weeks, but I feel like yesterday when he just went in there and was blasting people, that was awesome. <laughs> when Marshawn Lynch, Marshawn Lattimore needed him. Like, I feel like the fans just have like an outpouring of love. I think he deserved a game ball. Am I wrong, Dave? I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't see that. I mean, you're talking about like he wasn't actually playing in the game. He was just got involved in that brawl. He, just, you know, he was on special teams, though, right? He was oh, on the oh. field. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I think, and and so you know, you saw Mike Evans drill Lattimore, right? Yeah, yeah. But then after he drills Lattimore, then he gets on top of him and he cocks back like he's about to punch him in the face. Like it look, it looks like he's <laughs> about to try to start a brawl, and right before he can land a punch, he just gets annihilated by Devontae. By Harris, Devo- Devontae, comes in and just like. Human bodied missile just like launches himself at Evans two, to knock him off Lattimore. Two things. Lattimore is the Saints' most valuable Was it a good tackle? Did it he was, wrap him up good? Oh, it was excellent. Lattimore is the Saints' <laughs> most valuable player, not named Drew Brees. And second of all, Devontae Harris, he, he's boys with Mike Evans because they went to Texas AM together, but he didn't give a fuck yesterday. He was he was in <laughs> there, right. boy. He's like he's like, That's my boy. We had a ride. We had a ride. You know? So I I mean Devontae Harris it was a bullshit move by Evans. But uh, I'm sure he's going to get fined by the league. I'm sure he's going to get a letter from the league. But here, uh, I mean, even uh, even Winston could potentially get a fine. I mean, there was no reason he wasn't even in the game at that point. There's no reason he should be touching any, any, uh, a Saints player. Andrew, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but if you were to ask me right now to name the top three players on the Saints. I might say number one, Cam Jordan, number two, Lattimore, number three, Breeze. I would maybe flip-flop Lattimore and Jordan, but, but otherwise, yeah. So you, you would say Lattimore is the best player on the team? Possibly. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I would maybe put those guys, at this point, Ahead of Breeze. In yeah, terms I mean, of you can't. It's 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 like the NF. It's like the the NFL when they count down the one hundred. You know, you could you could easily put quarterbacks one to twelve because you know Aaron yeah. Rodgers gets yeah. hurt or Breeze gets hurt. Yeah, but if the, you but if you just the go positions on, more important. Yeah. But if you just go on how they're playing, I mean, here's the thing. One last thing on Devontae Harris. You know, we joke about guys that are that are that that just understand their understand their role in their place. I gotta say, I man. We joke about it, but Devonta Harris, like that's why he's on the team, dude. Because he'll do anything. He has special teams. He's he struggles at corner, but he'll play all the special teams. And if you need to brawl, he's ready to go. You know? Yeah, because we're we're cool with Devonta Harris getting ejected if need be. <laughs> yeah, 
And you know what? You, we let, suck dick for coke. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I don't know if you know this, Dave, but I do rock. I smoke rocks. Uh, so, um, th- this, this seat, like, uh, Andrew, like, what have you they... Got a, you got any more of that playing time? <laughs> what, what, uh, like, if we look at their off-season, like, pretty much uh, nothing went wrong except Nick Fairley having a heart condition. And, and Andrew, you know... And Adrian Peterson. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. That, even, even that they got a draft pick for. Yeah. So, I mean, but but here's the thing, you know, and one, one you know, we, we joked about the Malcolm Butler thing not working out, but, you know, and we kind of... I'll admit, I thought it was crazy at the time. You know, because the draft they do the first round, and then they have they do the first round the the first day, and then the the they 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 only do it that night. So you have like a whole day of like teams wanting to do trades and all. And remember this the 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 thing was the Saints in New England were still talking about Butler, and then they were like it's off because the Saints are like this draft the first hundred and ten guys are awesome, and we think it's super deep on defense, and we're not giving New England a top hundred pick for Malcolm Butler. And at the time, I was like, that's fucking insane. No player that you're going to get in the top 100 is going to be better than Butler. What the fuck well, are you also, doing? Also, in fairness, you weren't trusting their evaluation of the draft talent based on history. Yeah, that's true. But they were yeah. – uh, my point is they were they were 100% right. Like, Yeah. They were, you know? Listen, and, listen. I mean you look at the offseason. First of all, I really like the pickup of Okafor, and I told you I thought he could be this good. And, and you know, that was a hit. Yeah, so but he's, that's better than, I, he's better than even I think you hoped he would be. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, that's fair. Um, I, I knew he could be this good. I just didn't know if he could stay healthy for a long stretch. You know, that was, I mean, that was the main thing is he battled injuries. But I really thought going back to a D end at, in a four three was a good good spot for him. You know, I thought I thought he would work if he could stay healthy. But um, you know, Warford ha- has been great up until he got hurt, and so that was a good pickup. I mean, the, the free agents have been solid. You know, I, I think with the exception of Peterson. There's been some good moves, but man, I just don't think in my wildest dreams. I mean, if you told me basically that Camara from day one would, would be better than Sproles, basically, I mean, at this point, like he might be better than Sproles um, in, in terms of what Sproles did for the Saints' offense, and or, or he, he's at least in the conversation. And then yeah, he's in the conversation. Yeah. I don't know about 2011 Sproles. If, if you told me that Lattimore was basically Revis <laughs> in his prime, that's more accurate. Because and, and you told me Hendrickson would already have a couple sacks, and you told me that Anzalone would start the first five games and you know have some good moments, and and you told me that uh, Marcus Williams would have a circus pick uh, and be one of the team leaders in tackles. Kikaha has three sacks and he's not even active every week. And and who who's the who I'm forgetting a rookie. Oh, and that Ramchick would start every game and be pretty good. I, I would tell you you're nuts. Like there's no way I would have expected this class to perform like this their first year in the league. There, there's I, I've j I have never seen like even the two thousand six class, it took Streif a long time to figure it out. Yeah. You know, it took before he was starting and playing. Reggie Bush, his first year, was not nearly as good as Kamara. Well, I mean, he was very up and down. Well, well, here's the thing, though. Reggie Bush had basically had just like a 1,296 total yards receiving and, and rushing. Um, 
but he didn't have nearly the touchdown. Like he only had two, I mean, he, he only had two it, receiving touchdowns and six rushing touchdowns, and yeah. four of those rushing. He made some four, plays on special teams. He, he though. made, he yeah. had a, he had a play, he made some plays, but Bush at this point in his career, as a rookie, the first half of the season was averaging two point eight yards per carry. Kamara is yeah, averaging geez. over six. Yeah. Well, here's a good, here's a fun question, Dave. Reggie Bush had 1,296 total yards from scrimmage. Kamara is on pace for 1,300. Is Kamara going to beat the Reggie Bush total for 2006? Yeah, probably. Kamara seems to only be getting better. Uh, I mean, he's just uh, just nobody can take him down. It's just like you know he catches that screen screen pass. He's so good at setting up his blockers. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and you you just you just you just every every time he touches the ball, he could is is a, a potentially a, a scoring play, even if the even if the Saints are on their own thirty you yard know, line. You know, he, uh, I mean, if, I if feel he gets like, like he's, one good I feel block, like he's getting more comfortable cutting running routes. Yeah, you know, you know who he he reminds me of. And this is going to sound like a weird comparison, but Andrew, he reminds me a little of your all-time, one of your all-time favorite Saints, Dalton Hilliard. If Dalton Hilliard had like a V8 engine, like he's got better speed, yeah. He's got that slitheriness that just you know Dalton Hilliard when he when he when he was healthy Dalton and right. Dalton was very good. Yeah, Dalton was very good at when he would get hit. And Pierre Thomas had this too, although he didn't have the speed. But Hilliard, when he would get tackled, he had that incredible fluid balance where he could put a hand on the ground and just kind of pop back up and get extra yards. Yeah. And yeah. I was, I was, I was going to say Camara, the, the Camara is Camara is elusive. Like Pierre Thomas was like, he, he's, uh, you the balance thing is, is that, that hits home for me. What's the, uh, he just seems to, and he just seems to glide out there. He yeah. doesn't run. He, he, it's like he's on ice skates on ice and everybody else is not. Everybody I else cannot is believe feet. that guy fell to the third round. I can't believe <laughs> everybody else is out there with lead shoes and he's out there on ice and the skates funny, and the he f- just kind of just slides. He just kind of slides out there. It's, it's wild. The, the funny thing is the Saints picked him at what? 76. Yeah. And they traded basically the, the swap that they did for with San Francisco was San Francisco said, we'll give you 76. You give us your 2018 second round pick. San Francisco. And a, and a fourth, right? Didn't they give a second and a fourth or just a second? Just a second. Oh, okay. And basically San Francisco's thinking. I mean, they, that was a no brainer. San Francisco's thinking they picked 11. So that means they're going to pick 45-ish in the second round. Basically, right now, the Saints are going to pick like probably 58. Fifty-seven. I, that's probably one of the only trade ups ever that worked out yeah, well. Yeah, like the Saints basically. Uh, Besides Morstead, maybe. You know, like the Saints gave, like the Saints give, gave up basically nothing for Kamara, uh, which is just ridiculous. And he's I, Dave. What's the sort of balance that you think is good for these running backs? Because I was arguing with people on Twitter today that like I want Kamara to get more carries and I want him to be the lead back. But like, what's the balance that you do you did you do you like the, the the balance that they have now where Ingram's sort of the main guy and Kamara's the second guy because Kamara's on pace for like um, 175 how, how total touches. You, how could fans want to change a damn thing? <laughs> hey, man. Yeah, no, that's what I was gonna say. Uh, I I wouldn't I wouldn't touch. Yeah, Andrew Neal. No. I would I, I wouldn't I wouldn't make any change at all. 
Um, I, I mean, I do these people want to get Kamara injured? I think Kamara's going to – over under on Kamara touches would be probably like 170. Do you think he'll get more total touches than that, Andrew? What, no, what's I, he I, at that, now? that feels about right. He's on pace for 175. Yeah, total. no, that feels about right. I mean – I think some games he'll touch, you know, they'll throw more and he'll, he'll just get more catches and stuff. And he'll, and there'll be some games where maybe he only gets five to seven touches, but I just think, you know, Ingram's kind of the power guy. He's the bell cow. He, he, he's the guy that gets you the tough yards and, you know, Camaro's a little bit more of a gimmicky guy, you know, that creates mismatches and that sort of thing. And I, I think, I mean, we, over the years, you've looked at, when the Saints have been their best, and whether it's been Deuce McAllister and Reggie Bush tandem, or Pierre Thomas and and Bush, or Pierre Thomas and Sproles, um, you know they've kind of always had these two running backs that are very different that complement each other really well, and uh, uh, this fits the bill, man. Yeah, the thing that's really crazy about Kamara Davis, I feel like whenever he's running, like he's not going full speed. Like I feel like he's going fast enough to where no one can catch him, but I I I'm yet to see him like really the put top the, end. Yeah, like the top end. Like, and that's that's crazy to me. Like, you know, even Bush at this point, like in Sproles, like you you had plays where you're like, yeah, that's 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 the top end on a punt return for Sproles or Bush or whatever. Like that's crazy. Like, I think he's gonna go over 175 touches, Andrew, and I'm gonna tell you why. I think the Saints. I think they're morphing into this run-the-ball defensive team. And I think Sean Payton is getting to where he's confident enough to where, like Dave said at the beginning of the game, he'll he, they're, not afraid to, they're not afraid to bang it around on the run and punt the ball, you know? Yeah. Which, you know, the last three years they've been petrified because their, their defense was 31-31-32 in DVOA or any kind of rankings you want to do. Um, Dave, the, the special teams were kind of a mess. Uh, let's start with the, the, the trick play. I can't, I can't remember the the name that they called it, but they had Tommy Lewis lay down, uh, in the end zone. And I saw it in the, I was like, I was like, he's laying down. I can see it. Tampa could see it. And then dude, it was again, who threw the bounce, he threw, who threw a a grounder to him. They were lucky. It wasn't a fucking catastrophe. Uh, uh, did you did you did you catch it at first? I didn't. I no. I didn't notice. I did not notice. Uh, uh, Tommy Lee Lewis laying down in the end zone. Uh, I didn't know it was a trick play until Gin <laughs> decided to lateral it, and 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 the poor one at that. Uh, you know, I, I think what happens is, I mean, they don't run these plays very often. I'm sure they don't practice them very often. I'm sure they and, practice you know, that they, during they get, the week. Yeah, they practice it, but they don't practice it often. Yeah, uh, maybe not. And, uh, you know, and you get nervous. And Ginn is obviously not a quarterback uh, for uh, as a career. That's just a side gig. And uh, I think you get nervous. <laughs> Here. And when the pressure is really on, you know, you don't, you don't make your best throw and you don't make your best play. Well, uh, you know, I, I'm always... I'm I'm always down for uh, uh, that's what I like about Peyton. He's always yeah he's always willing to try that kind of shit. And you know what? Sometimes it works. And the Saints were up, and it you know the Saints pretty much had control of this game the entire time. Uh, so 
you know, it's like, hey, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You know, no, no harm. And if it well, does work, it could have been, you know, it been a lot of harm. It could have, if they're nah. lucky, it bounced him to him. But, well. but, but, uh, Andrew, somebody, we'll, we'll, we'll do this question now. Uh, Skooks ask, uh, should, should Tommy Lee, he, he, he lined up, he laid like, like horizontal in the end zone. Should he have, should he have gone into the, the T of the Saints in the end zone and lined up and, and laid down in the T? I think, I think, I think. Scoop, and laid vertically. Yeah. That, way that way there's less that you can see. Yeah, I think, I think Scoops is right. Goal. I think it's poor. I think that was a poor planning and the Saints missed that detail. I think if they'd had him lined up in the T. He, it could have worked, Andrew. I think it was. I mean, well, the throw still has to be made. <laughs> yeah, that's so. true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, e- even if even if Ginn had had made that pass, Tampa I still don't think he really no, had enough time. Tampa, Tampa it, it was wasn't on like it. the field was. Yeah, it Tampa. wasn't like there was tons of wide open field there. In front of him. Andrew, we talked about uh, today on the phone when I was driving home from work. Uh, are the Saints one more fumbled punt from? Signing Jarris Bird for four hundred thousand dollars, and we're just going to have a fair catch party for seven weeks. Yeah. <laughs> is that is that is that where we're at? I know I know he's on Carolina, but they could cut him at any time. Sean Payton just bring him back and be like, Jarris, you just just do your thing, man. Just fair catch it. And I mean, fair are, catch and catch it. Yeah. I mean, are we are we are we are we almost there? I feel like if it's not Jarris Bird, it might be somebody else. Can we I mean, bring Lance Moore out of retirement? We could. I mean, poor, poor Willie Sneed. I mean, that guy can't even dude. Catch he's not in the doghouse. He's buried in the yard. Yeah. Like. Yeah. He's 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 buried below the doghouse, six feet under. Um. Yeah, I don't know what to say, man. I, I just they they've got to be able to. It's like Sean Payton said. You don't even. We don't. We're not even asking for a return in those situations. Just catch the ball. That's it. I know. I know. Kamara is too valuable to the team at this point, but I sure would like to see him get a chance. Isn't the, isn't Kamara though? Isn't he kind of like? I'm not sure he's a hands guy though. He's a punt guy though, right? I mean, it, it, but is he like sort of like Reggie Bush, where you, where the Saints in 2009 he didn't do it all the time, but he did it for special occasions and he did it in the playoffs. You know, I'd like to see him. I'd like to see him. You know, whenever whenever the the opponent is is pinned far back, and you know, it's one of those returnable oh, yeah. situations. I just uh, feel I'd, like I'd every like time Bush got hurt, it was punt return. <laughs> it did feel. <laughs> and like Brandon it. Cooks, Brandon Cooks broke his thumb on a punt return. I I, I just think. If if you've got a guy that's valuable to the offense, don't freaking do it. Yeah. Don't put him I've, in there. I've, Andrew, I think I. I forgot about Brandon Cooks. You're you're 100 percent right. The, the 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 failed experiment of let's have Brandon Cooks return punts. And Bush, Bush was out with knee stuff twice because of a punt return. Oh, you're right. Keep com- Dave. You lose that argument. I forgot about the second Reggie Bush. <laughs> you lose that argument. Um, I, I prefaced it. I prefaced it by saying I understand Kamara is too valuable. Yeah. To this offense at this point. Uh, um, Andrew, are we at? critical point of offensive line injuries. I feel like I bought yeah. I bought a liter of honey bourbon and I feel like I'm going to need it all because I feel like there's 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 no more they can survive offensive line injuries. like they're they're done, right? They 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 have got well, to we'll just put in a waiver claim for Bryce Harris. So that tells you all you need to know. Um Wait, he's they, back on the team. Oh my God. Yeah, so you know they're they're one injury away from Bryce Harris playing, but um I, I think if you look at 
the offensive line. I've always said, you know, this this offensive line can sustain two injuries and be okay. Three, and they're in trouble. And now you're looking at Armstead maybe being out, um, Warford's out, Streif's out. So that's three. And if they're missing Armstead, um, it's a problem because now you've got Laribius starting at left guard. Here's the thing. I think they're running the ball so well. Breeze gets the ball out so quickly. I think they're fine as long as the game is close or they're winning because the playbook is wide open. Sean Payton's been calling good plays. The offense, yeah, you, know, you, you saw it. Like the ball's getting out. Even when Laribius was in there, I mean, I think the first three plays that Laribius was in there, they had huge gains. And I joked on Twitter that the secret to the offense performing well was Laribius being in there. But I, I think it's one of those things where, like, if you've got the defense thinking about so many things and their head swimming, and and you're you're in the lead, or you know, it's a close game and you're tied. The playbook's wide open. I think where, where they'll get in trouble is if they're down a couple scores and they're throwing every play. And then it the offense is one-dimensional. The defense knows what to expect. Yeah. And then it just becomes about pass protection. That I think then the offensive line is just not going to be good enough. Otherwise, I still think they're running the football well enough and Breeze is getting the ball out quick enough that they can still – piece together an offense that's going to be successful even with Laribius in there. Have we heard anything on injuries today, Dave or Andrew? I haven't seen anything on Vicar. No one's been put on IR. So, you know, the fact that they brought – they called up Bryce Harris means, you know, they're not sure about Armstead. Um, you know, I think if the Saints are smart, honestly, um, I, I don't know what's going on with Armstead. I mean, I know he probably came back a little sooner than he should have because he wanted to play and, you know, because he heals quickly. But – um. If I'm the Saints, you, listen, you're six and two. You got the big NFC South win at home. You're playing an AFC team on the road in the cold. To me, this just feels like a game where you sit Armstead, even if he can play, because it's not the end of the world if you lose. And I, I to me, I, I think you got to think long term here. You're, you're going to try to make a playoff run, try to win the division. And I think this is one you try to go without Armstead and see if you can win without him. Yeah. Uh, Dave, uh, is. Are, how, <coughs> excuse me. How concerned are we about. <coughs> damn it. <coughs> excuse me. How concerned are we about these, these kick block situations with Lutz? Uh, you know, I didn't really watch the game, so I don't know. I'd have to ask you a question. I mean, was it was it a low kick? No. Low trajectory? Usually I always blame it on Lutz. Usually I always blame it on Lutz, but because um, yeah, he does have a low trajectory sometimes. But the edge blocking, really on the first field goal that Lutz made, I was shocked that it wasn't blocked because the guy coming off the edge was right there. And he was able to get it up quick enough that he was fortunate and the field goal was good. But on the next extra point, it was the same thing, same guy. And he got around the edge again. And then on the I, – I was, who, who's, who's blocking? Who's, who's assigning? I don't, I don't know who it was, but on the next one, I noticed that Fleener was out there on, off the edge. And clearly he was paying attention to it because someone picked it up. So then he kind of nudged the edge guy and he kind of got a hand on him and slowed him down and it was fine. 
But then later, there was another kick later in the game. I think it was on the missed field goal where they got edge pressure again. So I, I don't know what's going on. I mean, hopefully they'll clean that up this week. I'm sure they'll watch tape and get it figured out. But um, the edge pressure that uh, the Bucks were getting was, I mean, unacceptable. They were, they were getting way too close. On, I mean, obviously on the block they got one, but there was a couple kicks besides that where it was way too close for comfort. So there you go. So I'm not, I'm not concerned about lots. I'm concerned about the protection. Yeah. And Sean Payton said that. I mean, I haven't, I, w- I haven't been paying attention before this game really, but Sean Payton has come out in the media and said that he's been really unhappy with the field goal protection. Yeah, like two week, like that was two weeks ago. He said, that, yeah, you know, so like yeah. they've been, it's it's kind of lingering. And the thing is, is like, you know, uh, they were sort, of, you know, they were sort of unlucky last year. But if you keep getting kicks blocked, like. Eventually, like one of them's going to bounce wrong, and it's going to be scooped and scored. Yeah, you know, and that's a play where, like, if you're in Buffalo and you might be losing six to three, and you're lining up to kick a field goal to make it six six in the middle of the second quarter, you get that shit blocked, and it's thirteen to three. You're down two scores. The crowd's in it. It's halftime. Now your offensive line has to pass block, like you just said, Andrew, and suddenly it go it, it all fucking goes to shit. Because you, could. you know, it makes me wonder. I mean, they, they kind of had a shit show this off season with Long Snapper. You know, <laughs> oh, I forgot all the bad. All the bad a, memories are washed. Guys, all the bad memories are washed out. away when you go six and two. Yeah. So then, so then, you know, they bring in uh, Justin Drescher, and they're like, "Fine, we're just going to go with some guy from last year." And then he gets hurt. Then they trade for Darren Boss. He needs open heart surgery. So then they just get a guy at the last second and. I mean, it's, I don't know anything about long snapping. As far as I can tell, he's fine. He hasn't missed any of his snaps, but I wonder if part of the issue might be because I know they time those guys and they time how quickly the ball gets from snap to holder. Um, and, and it's, you know, we're talking about fractions of a second and, you know, it makes a big difference, you know, between the guys that are really quick and the guys that are, you know, maybe just a tick slower and that gives the blocking unit more, more of a chance and more time to get there. And I, I just wonder with, the musical chairs and the lack of consistency they've had and kind of piecing it together. I mean, they literally did not have a long snapper. I think it was like three days before the opener. And so I, I, I mean, I, I have no idea how good this guy is, but I wonder if that's part of the problem. Dave, Kobe Fleener has 16 catches for 196 yards over under Kobe Fleener catches for the year 30. Under. Under. No, he'll get 30. He won't get 40. He had 50 last year. The, yeah. He needs to grow his hair back. But, but you know, honestly, I, I think Fleener's had a better year this year than last year. I know that sounds wild, but I think the Saints have kind of made him an afterthought. And so when he makes plays, he yeah, I just I, – I don't think they're forcing him it to him yeah. you know last year like he had more catches but he also had more targets and more. a lot went wrong and i think the times that breeze is targeting fleener it's usually working yeah he's still got that oh my god i, no I, I think he's way more efficient this year i mean i, I don't know that i keep him next year they're saving him for the playoffs <laughs> well he, he's not doing enough to justify his salary but i i think from an efficiency efficiency standpoint he's been more productive he would have had to be Jimmy Graham to justify his fucking salary. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean. Or at least Ben Watson. Yeah, I mean, it, 
Well, I mean, you got to, you got to, he needed to, for, for what they were paying him, the Saints can, the Saints can generate 40 to 50 Overpaying catches. Overpaying him. The Saints can generate 40 to 50 catches out of like a homeless guy at tight end. So for the Saints to pay the going rate for an average tight end, like they don't need to do that. So like for Kobe Fleener, like for him to justify that salary, he needed to catch what, Andrew? 60? 50 balls. Well, yeah. he caught 50, but 50 I mean, he needed to catch 60. They paid him. They paid him more than the going rate. They paid him more than any other tight end that. Oh no, that's not true. I mean, I think. Yes, it is. We've talked about this. You have already, Andrew. You have already forgotten the situation from last off season. They they overpaid him. They could have gotten him for, you know, seven million a year, but they just fucking threw the money at him. That's what he's making. Whatever he was making, then they could have paid him five million, but. But the the market had been set already, and they paid him more than what the market had 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 set. They they just threw money at him like they like they didn't even need it. Uh, it was fucking ridiculous. I'm not in front of a fucking computer right now, but I can't look it up. But they did not have to pay him that much. If they wanted Fleener, they didn't have to be that aggressive. They could have paid him significantly less than what they paid him. They were just like they just fucking threw money Dave, away. Like Dave, they, when you like can, I don't know that that's true. I mean, yes, it is. You have already fucking you have already fucking forgotten. Go back to our fucking podcast the week after they fucking signed him, and you will, and you will fucking agree with me then, and you should be agreeing with me now. You have fucking forgotten how stupid of a signing it was. Ralph, are you I'm, I'm, are I'm, you gonna corroborate this? Uh, no, because because I, I'm looking at the oh, fuck I, you guys. I'm fucking <laughs> looking this shit up tomorrow. David's hanging up. You you are you guys are both about to fucking catch a fucking shit storm on Twitter tomorrow. Here, you fucking idiots. Well, here's here's the here's the contract that's the compare that's the comparison to Kobe Fleener is is Vance McDonald. Uh, I got actually. Uh, Blocked by he got three years, nineteen and a half million, which is what, Jesus. which is what six point. I mean, that's just crazy. Six point three million dollars a year, and Kobe right. Fleener got seven. Was that the same? Was that the same off season? Yes, yes. This all sounds familiar. And they paid Fleener more than that. Yeah, but yeah, but, but what was McDonald's stats? Vance McDonald had like never. Vance catches. McDonald has never caught thirty passes in, in his career. Yeah, right. And Fleener had like fifty or yeah, sixty, like, right? Like. Seven million is like the going rate for like a like a replacement level average here. tight end. Yeah, but the no, but the argument the this argument the argument for Fleener is that the Saints don't need to pay. They didn't need to pay him seven million because they got Billy Miller fifty catches. They got David Thomas forty catches. They got a hundred year old Ben Watson seventy something catches. Like they just didn't need to do it because they got Mister Jessica Simpson caught fifty something balls. You know, I just can't. I can't believe <laughs> there's not some rookie they can draft at that position that they could that would be that yeah. would be better than Kobe Fleener. Yeah, like like that's that was the argument of Fleener. But I mean, we get kind of sidetracked. But I think Fleener might... maybe if they hadn't been so fucking petty about whether Jimmy Graham was a fucking wide receiver or a tight end, he'd still be on this fucking Poor team Jimmy. catching I, yeah. eighty fucking balls. A Poor season. Jimmy Graham. I, I would I would love to have Jimmy Graham. Poor Jimmy Graham team. is. Stuck in Seattle. You want to talk about the offense being unstoppable this year? Uh, if they had kept Jimmy Graham, if they hadn't pissed Jimmy Graham off to no end, uh, they might have still had him. Would you? Would you rather have Max Unger or Jimmy Graham on this offense right now, though? 
I would rather have Max Unger. I would too, because line, the offensive, <laughs> offensive yeah. line without Unger. If you put in like, yeah, see, I think this offense is worse with Jimmy Graham and without Unger. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it's, you know, it's the here's an interesting question that somebody asked. I don't watch the tape as much, you know, but the one thing that really stood out to me in that game against the Bucks was just how fucking dominant Unger was in the trenches. Here's an interesting question. That, that dude is that dude is incredible. Here's an interesting question that somebody asked me. You know, because we we were talking about some. Uh, uh, somebody asked a question on Twitter tonight. They said, you know, if if teams knowing what we know now, where would Lattimore get picked? And you know, I think top three, top three. I think he'd be number two behind Watson. But somebody asked me an interesting question. Knowing what we know now, if you were the Saints and you picked at eleven and you had to just choose between Lattimore or Deshaun Watson. Now, I know Deshaun Watson got hurt, but he was fucking awesome. Dave and Andrew, Mm -hmm. Dave, you can go first. What would you do if you knew you could have Deshaun Watson, who might be the next great quarterback in the NFL, or Lattimore? What would you have done at 11 if you were the Saints? Uh, I would have taken Lattimore. I I, I still think it's too early to be looking for Breeze's replacement. Uh, I I really do think that... uh, uh, you know, look, Tom Brady is is setting the standard here, and uh, Tom Brady is what a year or two older than Drew. Um, I think, I think if you can build around a guy like Breeze and Brady, and build a team around them, I think they can play 41, 42 years old. So you're thinking you're going to get three more, two more years after this year of of like if you, top if you, 10 if you, Breeze. If you if you if you wanted to pay him. Uh, yeah, I think you could, and you build around him. You 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 can't you can't have Breeze and expect him to be 2007, 2008, 2009, 2010, 2011 Breeze and throwing 40 balls a game. Uh, if you can if you can have a team like you have now and not have to have Breeze, you know, slinging it and winning these games for you like they are this year, uh, I certainly think you can get a couple. Of a few more years out of Breeze, yeah. Andrew, what would you do, Lattimore or Deshaun Watson? I agree with Dave for different reasons, uh, so I concur. Um, but uh, for me, it's just I don't want to live the rest of my life as a Saints fan never seeing what a good corner looks like. <laughs> so, I mean, I, it's just, I just like... I want to see... Like, the Saints the have The world now, is my oyster right they've, now. Like, to actually see the Saints have a corner that's unbelievable is... He's the best corner I mean, we've ever seen. The unicorn. He's we, the we're be- literally he, seeing a Saints unicorn He's right not... Now. He Obviously, he's only played eight games, so you can't say he's the best corner in Saints history, but he's the best corner I've ever seen the Saints have. Yeah. By far. Here's the here's reason I would have taken Lattimore is because Watson, I think, is going to be amazing, and he could give you – you could have 25 years of good quarterbacking if you're lucky, or at least like eight or nine, right? And you add that to the 12 years of Breeze, you get 20, 20, 21 years of good quarterbacking. But here's the thing. Breeze plus Lattimore might get you another Super Bowl. Watson only gets you like – Eight more, nine more years of being relevant, and I really want another Super Bowl, and that's why I would take Lattimore. Like Lattimore's that fucking good. Like Lattimore, by the by next November, Andrew, he's going to be the best corner in the NFL if he's healthy. I really believe that. 
Yeah. You know, and that's and and that means basically if you have if 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 you have an elite corner and Cam Jordan, you can fill in the pieces around it and have a mediocre defense. And if you fill in pieces that are really good, Dave, you can fucking have Seattle's defense. You know? Um So so Dave, like before we get before we wrap up this game and get to the questions and uh the Twitter questions and, and the Buffalo game, what what was there anything at the Tampa game that stood out to you that you feel like we haven't touched on yet? before we jump to next week um the crowd doing the wave while um Vernon Golston was uh injured seriously come on people <laughs> and Thomas Thomas Morstead telling the crowd to stop doing the wave I didn't see that <laughs> well because you weren't on the seat you don't sit where well, I clearly sit. clearly it wasn't despite the player it was just no boring. I wasn't but it was it was poor timing on Saints fans uh come on Saints yeah. fans no, you know the know the know the time and place to do the wave. Which the time and place to do the is, wave uh, is never, by the way. Which, <laughs> which, uh, which is about right because I, I also have a problem with Saints fans booing the players kneeling not during the national anthem before the national anthem. Uh, Did they do that which, again this week? I heard they didn't. I, I was I didn't get to the game uh, early that early. Uh, I, I I got there right as they were kicking off. Uh, but last, but last week, last week they started booing the players before the national anthem when they were kneeling. Uh, but then, of course, the players stand for the national anthem. So, so why are you booing? You're, you're, the players, all of our, all of the Saints players are standing for the national anthem. They are not kneeling for the national anthem. So, why are you booing? Are you booing because you don't want them to kneel at all? They're, just, cho- they're just choosing to stay angry on principle. They like be- they're not. You can't and, even and that justify me, that with like an intellectual reason. If right, you, and that to me, and that to me, I have a problem with. I have a problem with that. And also, and you game should. time, yeah, I do. Uh, and then game time, the, who I sit behind, he's like a, he's one of the, he's on the lower echelon, I guess I would say, of the Saints super fans. I mean, because he just kind of dresses up in a Saints jersey and and paints his paints his face. Uh, but you, you you might recognize him if you saw him. But I haven't been seeing him at, at any of the games this season, uh, and I, I'm because I'm pretty close with the people that that we all sit around uh, uh, in my in my, in my seats. And uh, the person sitting in front of me, who sits next to Game Time, she had texted him to say to ask him why he hadn't been to any of the games. And so he is he's boycotting the games because of the whole protesting thing. Which I think is ridiculous. Well, here's my thing about boycotting. If you want to boycott and you're a casual fan, that's fine. But I'm not letting the president or the Saints players or whatever ruin enjoyment of my fall Sundays. Like, I'm just not. Like, I like football too much to, like, let them yeah. do. Like, so I'm not going to. I'm, I'm like. Well, I'm, there you go. They, they, love, they love God and America too much to let football get in the way of their love of and God. And that's fine. But here's the thing, like if you if you are booing the Saints before the national anthem and they're kneeling, basically what you're saying is I hate your stupid fucking protest. I want to ignore it. Stop doing it. I don't care if you do it during the anthem, before the anthem, after the game. If you do it, I hate it. I want to ignore it. And that's basically, I mean, you know, 
that's 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 what it is. I mean, and I was arguing with a ton of people on Twitter. They're like, uh, that's like going to McDonald's and saying, and, and 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 you make your order, and they say, have you found uh, Jesus? Have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? I'm like, if they do that to make that McDonald's, I say, uh, yes, he has. Uh, yes, I have. Can I have a number two? Uh, with a large fry and a Coke, have a lovely day. Like, you know, but anyway. Do you, that, that, was, that was a weird analogy. That was. It, no. was, a ba- it, was, a, it was a bad analogy, but I'm, 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 on, I'm, on th- I'm on my third beer. I totally butchered that. Uh, <laughs> um, here's the thing. You, you, you can stick your head up a butcher's ass. You can, you can, if, you, if you take an orange and you slice the orange six ways... And you don't have the orange peel, how can you respect the flag? That's what I'm saying. Um, but here's the thing: like, do you guys feel? I feel like the Saints, they're win, they're win, they're obviously on a six-game winning streak, longest winning streak since 2009. But I feel like something's different. I'm not getting as many emails and stuff for my column. I feel like it's not quite what it should be or what I'm expecting the excitement to be. Dave, do you feel that or no? Uh, I, you know what it is? I just, I, I think everything, it, it, it may be 20 years from now before this fades away, but I think everything the Saints do and every season from here on out uh, for the foreseeable future is always going to be uh, graded against 2009, and uh, and 2009 was was special because they started off 13 and 0, and you know it was kind of like really the first, you know, the first time where we all said collectively, oh my God, like they, you know, this could really be it. They could really yeah. do something. They, you know, they might win a playoff game. They might win two playoff games. They might win the Super Bowl. Um, so. I think in a way we're still we're on the honeymoon. Still fa- we're still in the honeymoon, still, like eight years, yeah. se- seven years later, eight years. Later. Yeah, really. And I, I think we're all still. I think we're kind of still a little jaded. And um, uh, come on, you're you're not saying that Saints fans have turned into LSU fans, have you? No, but no, no. It's actually the, that. But. No, it's it, they, Andrew. I think he's what he's saying is it's the opposite of LSU fans. Like LSU fans are bananas and are like, you gotta go if you don't if you don't beat Bam and you don't win eleven games, we're gonna fire you. Saints fans are like, two thousand nine was great. It's cool. It's cool. Seven and nine, three years in a row. It's cool. Six and ten is like like there's like Saints fans. We still have the T-shirts. We still watch the 2009 DVD. It's 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 <laughs> it's still awesome. And we're like, if they go 13, but that's and- not what Dave was saying. Yeah, Dave, you yeah, saying no. That I, I I think I think our threshold for excitement is just is is that much higher. Is is significantly higher. And like and, LSU and, fans. Yeah, in a way, but but I, well, yes, yes, in in that sense it is. But 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 we're not no. as. But we're not as pissy, or I don't. I don't. We don't expect that. I just, you know, it's not like it's not like we, we expect to go thirteen and three every season as Saints fans. Just like LSU fans, you know, expect them to go ten and zero or eleven and zero. Well, but I, I think, think I, I think it's just still early in the season, and you know, Carolina and Atlanta are close enough that you know the Saints could implode and, and so. yeah and i think fans are still a little gun shy from the 7 and 9 stuff so Maybe. 
you know, and, and I'm sure the, the whole Anthem thing is part of it. You know, I definitely think some fans, you know, have soured, but I, I think if they continue to win, like it's it, it's gonna build more and more with well, they, each week. You know, absolutely. They, it, it absolutely. The more they keep obviously. winning, the more people will you know, start to get invested. You know what? Yeah. Well, that, that's, that's a foregone. You know that's what? The, you know what? The Saints fan base needs to get super fired up and crazy. They need a game flexed to Sunday night in the dome. To, yeah, to and then re- they house Atlanta yeah, and, like, and 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 everybody will be back. Or Carolina. Yeah. Although, if they flex the Carolina game, I'm fucked. Or I'll have to change my flight to Monday morning because I'm going to that game. Um, I think they're going to flex. I think they're going to flex the Ram game, especially if the Rams and Saints both win, because they'll both be seven and two. I think NBC would flex that game. Um, I, I'm. I, I think they're going to fucking flex that goddamn Christmas Eve game. God, not again. No. And I'm going to be. Yeah, I'll be pissed. Uh, it's a noon game now. And I, it's against the Falcons, so uh, uh, certainly it's going to have some sort of. Uh, I always do uh, divisional implications. I always do Christmas Eve in Baton Rouge, and we usually like we'll do some stuff in Baton Rouge before we do Christmas Day in Baton Rouge, where my wife's parents are from. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, like the flex last year really sucked. Yeah, that fucked me. Yeah. Right now they're at, like, right now I just have to stay in New Orleans, Orleans that much longer, and then I basically right after the game I got to like half drunk hustle back like not even drunk like basically like entering a midday state of hangover because i have to stop drinking and and head back to baton rouge right Right, right. again what's a better right now they're at right now they're at noon if they flexed it to three to to 315 that would be okay if they flex it to the night game to the sun to the sunday night game and that's, that's the worst case scenario. Yeah. Do they even have a Sunday night game? I don't think they have. I don't think they. Yeah, I think three is the worst case. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I think I think they eliminate the Sunday night game. But don't you go to church at like seven, Dave? No, we go to church at like four. We go to like four yeah. o'clock so, mass. So it's like right in, in the middle of mass, right? Well, I, I, it's I would I wouldn't be I would I you know I don't know. I don't know what you I'm going to do. Did My you skip the gonna... game last year? Do you stayed for like the first quarter or something? No, I stayed for like fifteen minutes. Right, right. <laughs> I went for like 15 minutes just to keep my just to keep my the streak, streak of, of home attendance. Alive. <laughs> gotta keep the streak. I'm, I'm, I've got. I'm serious, man. I've got like fucking man since at least 2005, if not 2004. I mean, I'm, I've got uh, 13. Um, what thir- is that? 13. That's yeah. Like, oh, I got like 12, 13 years invested. That's like in this 100. Shit. And that's like uh, 100, like a little over 100 straight games, right? Yeah, but and up until this year, that included every preseason game. Well, Dave, you're having a beer with me at uh, Champion Square before the game this, this year. <laughs> on Christmas Eve? Uh, uh, well, yeah. it depends on what time the game is. <laughs> uh, here's one last question before we – a couple more questions, and then we'll get to the, the pre- preview of Saints-Buffalo. Matt asks, Andrew, which jersey do you want first, Kamara or Lattimore? Oh, Lattimore, for sure. Yeah. Kamara's exciting, but like we've seen it with Bush and Sproles. Like, I, it's not unique in this offense. I mean, it's really exciting. Don't get me wrong, but like running backs in the Sean Payton offense it has happened. We have never had a cornerback in the history of the franchise. Like, maybe Dave Waymer, but like you can count guys. Uh, I mean, you need a finger or two to basically count the times we've had a guy of his caliber on the team ever. I don't think, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, 
Do we think Atlanta's going to get it together? I feel like I watched that. Um, I thought they would eventually. I don't know, like, if they're ever going to just get it together or they're just going to be stuck in neutral and are going to be like 8 8 9 7. Like, who do you, Dave, who do you fear most in the South? Uh, you know, it's tough because we haven't played Atlanta yet. Um, I'm a little nervous about Carolina again, I guess. I, I think that'd probably be who I'm most nervous about. Andrew? I mean, they're, they're the closest to us in the standings. I mean, they're, they're only because they've got one extra loss. Uh, are, they, are they behind us? So, Andrew, who do you fear more? I, I still fear Atlanta more. I was happy about that result um, because I just feel like Carolina is so up and down. Like, they're going to have some good games, and then, you know, people are going to start saying Cam's for real again. They're going to expect him to beat teams, and they won't. They put so much on his shoulders. Like, there was – Yeah. I mean, they and ask on him de- to and run. And on defense, they go by Keekly. I mean, you know, he's one concussion away from being done for the year, and, you know, yeah. if they don't have Keekly, it's a very different team. Um, so, I don't know. I, I just think – I just think Carolina to me is is a fraud of a six and three. Really, I, I yeah. mean, I don't. I mean, I'm basing that off how they looked against the Saints when they played. Yeah, I mean, my thing is the the Atlanta's advanced stats on their offense say they should be better, and I feel like they're gonna. That's they, what I'm saying. Atlanta scares me more. Yeah, but Atlanta has lots of issues on defense, though. They they you can yeah. you can the thing is. The Saints now are real like Atlanta's offense will give the Saints tr- trouble because their running backs will eat the Saints linebackers alive. But the Saints new we're gonna pound it in down your throat offense is custom built to give Atlanta fucking fits. You know, because Atlanta has trouble stopping the runs. Atlanta gives up more long drives than any team in the league. That's what Carolina did. Carolina just jammed the ball down their throat. Yeah, and I'm not sure offensively the Falcons would be as successful against the Saints this year. Yeah, in fact, I know they wouldn't be because they were unstoppable. Well, they wouldn't year. be. They wouldn't be that, but I think they could still give the Saints. They could. They could still like they can still give the Saints issues. The Saints defense is now. Oh, yeah. it's, it's now a top ten defense. By the way, they're ninth. They're ninth in points allowed, and they're wow. and they're fifteenth in yards, and they're. The only thing they're really, the only thing the Saints are really bad at is their yards per carry is kind of bad, and their third down is still kind of a mess. But they were they were better against Tampa. So all right, thanks for the questions, everybody. Dave, Saints go to Buffalo. Saints are a two point favorite on the road at the five and three Buffalo Bills. Who you got? Uh, I think uh, this is probably going to be one of the toughest games of the season for the for the Saints. Um, obviously because it's away, uh, obviously because Buffalo is a pretty good team. They're a physical team. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is, um, does anybody know the weather forecast? Yeah, for I Sunday? looked at it. Um, as of right now, it's like a high of 45 mm-hmm. in Buffalo. Um, that's a titty bit nipply. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the wind, the wind didn't seem too bad. They were like saying winds of nine to 10 miles an hour. And uh, there might be some PM showers, but it didn't say day- showers during the day. So right now it looks like maybe some pre- per- precipitation later. Um, yeah, that's not temperature terrible. Temperature was cold, but not yeah. not freezing. Not, right? Yeah, no, it's not terrible, but that's definitely cold. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, as, as long as there's no precipitation, snow, uh, rain, whatever. Um, if Breeze comes out with a glove, you know you're we're done. <laughs> <laughs> no, now this season he's won with the glove. He's won with the glove. <laughs> he, did, he did. He did it. Um, and, uh... You know, <laughs> hey, I mean, I mean, they're not even giving the, the Bills uh, the typical three point home, spread no. home home advantage there. So, uh, you know, that says something. It's it's going to be a close game for sure. Uh, it's going to be a tough game, uh, but I'm going to go with the Saints. God, I mean, they're just they're on a roll. Um, Score. And I don't MVP. think. Yeah, well, you know, I don't think the defense defense seems to play a lot better at home than they do away. Um, so I don't think the defense is going to play as well as they as they normally have. Uh, but I'm going to go. Uh, I am going to go 28-24 Saints. Of um and uh MVP I'm going to go with I'm I'm, I'm what, what, what was what was Mike Thomas's final stats this week He had a whole bunch of catches. He had that one drive where it was like the Mike Thomas show. Um what, what were his final stats this past week? Like He's, he had like 8 catches for 65 yards. Yeah, like it wasn't I, it wasn't great. I'm still waiting still waiting for him to to you know do whatever but He had 8, um, eight catches for 65 yards. He <laughs> Andrew nailed he, it. He, but he, he's projected he's projected at 100 catches for 1100 yards. 1100 yeah. to, I, I know but I'm going to be tough for him to have the huge game because I I just think Teams know that yeah. he's yeah he's the only guy they really have. Yep. Yeah. Eleven hundred yards is it would be disappointing, I think, for like well, for a hundred catches, yeah, it would be. I yeah. Eleven yards of catches, kind of. Yeah, he's making like Lance more catches. He's not making Devin. Well, it's Henderson because catches. to get to get him the ball, they're having to do a lot of those screens no, and you know dump offs right at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, MVP. I'm gonna go with Ted Ginn. Ted Ginn, rolling yeah. old man Ginn. Old man Ginn's having pace to have a career year, and he if he would have caught that he eighty, is, yeah. if Breeze would have hit him, he would have had eighty-seven more yards added to his total uh, from Sunday. Uh, Andrew, who you got? Sunday. You know, I'm gonna say Bills twenty-four twenty. Um, you know, I think the six-game win streak has been incredible, but it's not gonna last forever, and. You know, first of all, there's a couple of things. The Bills are coming off a horrendous performance on Thursday night against the Jets. They have 10 days to prepare. Uh, they're pissed off. They're playing at home. You know, Saints in colder weather t- traditionally have not done great. And I, I just think it's going to be a tough physical game. I don't think the Saints will have Kenny Vaccaro. I don't think they'll have Armstead. And, um, you know, I, I think they'll miss those guys. And, you know, McCoy, uh, Tyrod Taylor is a tough guy to defend. You know, I think they'll cover their receivers pretty well. But their receivers you know, I, are garbage. They're thirtieth yeah, in the. But they, I think, I their think Tyrod are, Taylor will will get some scrambles and stuff. They, you know? their, their, but their receivers are garbage. Those are, that's why they traded for Calvin Benjamin. Yeah, yeah. You know. So at the end of the day, I just think the Bills are going to outplay the Saints, and Saints aren't going to look great on offense, especially in that weather in a hostile environment. So 
I'm going to say Bills 24-20. And listen, it's okay, you know. Saints, I don't mind losing on the road to an AFC team. I just don't think it hurts you that much in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, that's the, um, that's the best loss you can take. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but I, as far as my Saints player of the game, I'll go with Mike Thomas. I think, you know, the Saints will be down. They'll have to throw a lot. Maybe Breeze doesn't look great, but I think this is the first time Thomas goes over 100 yards this year. Man, I, I, I was all set to agree with you, Andrew, but I look at Buffalo, and their pass defense is awful. They're 25th. They live off turnovers. Their pass offense is terrible. The Saints have, the Saints have been in a giving mood lately. They have been. But, I mean, that's eventually going to end, though. You know, like the Saints are eventually going to have a game where they don't have turns. I just feel like – I feel like Buffalo is living on borrowed time in a sense of they're living off of turnovers and good red zone defense, which good red zone defense is kind of – it's a lot based on luck. It's not a, like it, it's not a sustainable thing. Uh, I'm just – I think this is going to be a nasty – mucky game where Buffalo's going to get it exactly like they want it, but the Saints are going to win anyway. And the Saints are going to win 20-17, to 17, and it's going to be not really pleasant to watch at points, but um, Kamara's going to hit a long run. Kamara's going to hit a long run, and the Saints are going to win 20-17 to 17, uh, and get to 7-2, and two, and he's going to be your MVP. And I, I mean, it just like, maybe I'm I just really believe that this Saint secondary, like if you don't have at least above average wide receivers and backs that can catch the ball, like they're going to shut you down. You know, I think that's a fair thing to say now after watching them for eight weeks. And I just think Buffalo, they just don't have the, they just don't have the guys. Um, so the, the Buffalo probably win 35, seven, but, any, <laughs> but anyway, I'm taking the saints 20 to seven. I mean, if there's a, if there's a game where Willie Sneed, is going to do something. I mean, this feels like this could be the one. Willie Sneed need like <sighs> Willie's Dave, Dave and Angie. Either one of you can jump in. I feel like Willie Sneed is something's wrong. Like he is at the point where like the Saints might not tender him for next year. Like that is a legit possibility. Which at the beginning you you'd have thought that was crazy. You'd think they'd at least tender him the second round pick. Like Dave, like I could see him, maybe not being on the Saints. Ne- I mean, like it's possible that he's not on the Saints next year. Uh, wait, who? Oh, uh, yeah, no, I don't think uh, Sneed. Yeah, no, I think he's. Yeah, he, he, this might be his last year. We also forgot. Speaking of that, we forgot about Delvin Bro had a setback. I totally forgot about that out the top. Oh, shocker, shocker, real shocker. So Delvin is, Bro, I don't. Delvin Bro, I don't think is ever going to play for the Saints ever again. Andrew, do you agree with that? Yes. I mean, and by the way, just Ralph, before before you sign off, <laughs> I have a few points about the tight end that about Kobe Fleener. Okay, go. In 2016. No, no, no. You you finish up, and we'll we'll end with 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 me. Okay. Well, I'm done. So go ahead, fire away, oh, okay. fire away. What? Do okay, you... let's let's have a let's have a conversation, boys. Let's have a uh, let's, have, let's have a little chat. Okay, uh, 2016 free agency. That was when Kobe Fleener was signed by the Saints. That was the year after Ben Watson had a career year, yeah. uh, 800 yards, whatever. Blah blah blah. Uh, Kobe Fleener was pay- was given a five year deal for 36 million dollars, which is 
million a year. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ladarius Green was signed by the Chargers. I mean, uh, was signed by the Steelers for four years, twenty million. That was five million dollars. Yeah. Antonio Gates was. Yeah, re-signed. but look at his signs. Look at his stats. Zach Miller was re-signed by the Bears for two years, six million. So he got three million a year. Yeah, but look uh, at his stats. Jermaine Gresham. Uh, what do you mean? Look at his stats. Let me tell you something. We're not. We're not signing somebody. We're, we don't get those stats that he already put from the past. We only get the stats that from from that point forward. Jermaine Gresham's uh, an interesting one. Jermaine Gresham was re-signed by the Cardinals for a year. I don't. I don't have the contract stats on that. Uh, Jared Cook was signed by the Packers for one year for four million dollars. I don't know if you're noticing this, but all these <laughs> things are not seven point two million dollars. <laughs> but none of but none of those guys year. produced. But none of those guys you just named produced. Vance like, McDonald. Vance McDonald. Uh, oh, Ben Watson got uh, four million dollars a year yeah. after coming off of a career year. McDonald look at but, but hundred yard season. But he Mc, is much older. But McDonald got six point three million. And he was younger yeah. and didn't have as many catches. So, like, and how did he? And how has his career been? Since he's then? he's he's garbage. How right. much did how, okay. how much did Gresham get? Gresham got he got a one year deal from Arizona, but he he uh, he signed an extent he signed an extension last year. I'll pull it up. Mercedes Lewis was signed three years, twelve million. So that was four million dollars a year. So the Saints paid seven point two million dollars. They paid way above and beyond. Per year, would every other tight end in free agency that that offseason? But that's paid. the point. He was the best one. Fleener no, he had, wasn't. Obviously, Fleener was better than all those guys. Obviously, he fucking wasn't the best one. <laughs> because what the fuck has he done since the fucking Saints have signed him? The Saints, the fucking Saints, who made Jimmy Graham a fucking all-star. Who Dave, made Jimmy Graham Dave, a fucking pro bowler. Fleener, they did they more, can't make Fleener did more than all those guys you just named. Gresham got wow. four years, $28 million. Andrew, he did do more. Yes. But if the, if the Saints can't fucking make him... Uh, make him good, then he's fucking garbage and he's useless. <laughs> That's fair. That's no, fair. I mean the argument. The but, uh, my point here is he did get market rate because if you look at his production, he was. A he didn't get market rate. He's all, he, the only the only person in his category was Vance McDonald. Everybody else was off the was was nowhere near seven point two million dollars a year. But who, Ralph, who did you just say got four years, twenty eight million? Gresham. He got it last year. Yeah. Like like Kobe Fleener. Kobe Fleener may, is the 11th highest paid tight end. And Gresham, Gresham is the same thing as Fleener. They have the same numbers. Fleener's actually is a little bit better. Yeah. I mean, seven, like, like seven million is not like a ridiculous overpay. The argument that Dave is making is the correct one, though, is the Saints didn't have to pay the going rate for a tight end. They can create one. And they could have got fifty. Oh, that I completely agree with. I'm not disputing that at all. I mean, Josh Hill. Josh Hill is higher on the fucking depth chart than Kobe Miller is. Kobe, How much are they paying Josh Hill? Certainly Kobe not seven point two billion dollars a year. Josh Hill. Yeah, yes, sir. Josh. Hill. I, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't want Fleener on this team, and I don't want his contract. But I don't think, in the landscape of what he's worth based on the market and based on what he produced at Indianapolis. That's that's the going rate for a guy that puts up stats Josh like that. Josh Hill is the 38th highest paid tight end. He makes 2.3 million. He makes a third of what Fleener makes and he's going to 
I think. Well, we'll see if he ends up with more catches. But I wish I could look up. I wish I could look up. Uh, I have to do really some some in depth. I can't do it on my phone, but I'd like I'd like to know when they were signed because how how early in free agency was Fleener signed? Very early. Second, okay. yeah, second or third day. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like the like like the Saints. They they like Fleener was a bad investment, but it, I don't. It's it wasn't a like it. I don't look at Fleener as a t- like like there's so many more other things that the Saints did were so much more terrible. Like the Galette contract, the the oh, Brandon well, Browner contract. Christ. You know, like I like I I don't get um, Galette contract. The, the Galette contract. Every time I think about the Galette contract, <laughs> it reminds me of how, how how the Mets are still paying Bobby Bonilla one point <laughs> five million dollars a year until two thousand twenty, even though Bobby Bonilla retired fifteen fucking years ago. I mean, Dave, just to give you an example, like Charles Clay of the Bills, he caught 57 balls last year. He caught 51 the year before, and he's making $7.6 million a year. He's the sixth highest paid tight end in football. That's fine, but he's catching those balls. Fleener isn't going to catch 51 passes. Yeah, but Fleener caught, what, 50 last year, Ralph? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm just saying, like, Charles Clay – don't like it. Dwayne Allen of the Patriots makes more. He makes seven point three million. Like how many? What's the most Dwayne Allen's ever caught? He's caught fifty, I think. I'm yeah. I'm telling you. I mean, there's just a lot. When you catch fifty balls, you make seventy million. That's, that's seven million. Yeah, like that's what the market the... says. No. And by the way, Ralph. Dwayne, I know Ralph. Dwayne Allen has never. Dave. Dwayne Allen caught thirty-five balls last year, and he makes more than Kobe Fleener. He makes well, seven point three million. Well, yeah. Well, then they're yeah. overpaying for him too. Well, Dave, you're Dave. You're the guy arguing about the price of the movie theater. That it's you're saying you're saying <laughs> yeah. you're saying I hate that it cost me ten dollars to get into the movie theater. Well, tough shit. That's what it costs to get into the movie theater. Like I, seven, like seven million dollars is the going rate for a like a mediocre tight end. Like, yeah, like it, 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 Dave, if you want to pay I'm five, the guy, million, if I'm you the want guy, to pay I'm five million, complaining, I'm the guy that's complaining about paying ten dollars to go to the movie theater when I have my own fucking home theater system at home, and I'll just fucking wait for the goddamn Blu-ray to come out and watch it for three ninety nine on fucking Netflix. But that's, Dave, that's, Dave, if if you want to pay five instead of because seven I can million, sit by myself and I don't have to listen to people talking and cell phones ringing through the preview. That's, Dave, if if you want to pay five instead of seven million a year, th- these are the tight ends you get: Vernon Davis, Jared Cook, Rhett Ellison, Brent Selleck, Mercedes Lewis. Brent Selleck, he's yeah. having a great year. Is he? Yeah, on the Eagles. Let's see. I feel like he's not. Doesn't he have like twenty touchdowns? <laughs> The, the Eagles are putting up a lot of stats this year. How many touchdowns? Look up how many touchdowns Selleck has. Brent Selleck has seven catches this year, less than Fleener. Yeah. Okay, but how many how many touchdowns does Brent Selleck have? Zero. None. None. <laughs> who, who am I thinking of? Is he on the Eagles? You're thinking of Ernst. Yeah. Yes, Zach that's, Ernst. Yeah. That's, yeah. Exactly. Oh no! Well, Zach Ernst makes a lot more than Fleener. Well, okay, yeah. he deserves it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm, just make, saying, I'm just saying you look at these numbers, like it, it's he's kinda getting market value. He makes eight and Zach Ernst makes eight and a half million. He's worth it. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, I'm gonna have to put this in the rundown that we 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 Dave lost his shit over the Kobe Fleener contract. I hope <laughs> two Kobe, years two years later. I hope Kobe Fleener. You know Kobe, what, You know what? Looking at this list makes me realize. There's not a lot of good receiving tight ends in the no, league. No, there's not. There, there, right, there's about, right about seven. That. There's about seven or eight of them, and that's it. Jimmy Jimmy Graham was a fucking anomaly from yes. know, back back in the day yeah. when he was with. The well, Saints. I would argue there's Gronk, probably yeah. about four. I would. I would Andrew, argue he was a wide receiver. I would argue there's about. <laughs> yeah, there's about four good tight Travis, ends. Travis Travis Kelsey's a beast. Travis Jordan Reed's always hurt though. So yeah, Greg um, Olson is great. I can't believe I just got Brent Selleck and Zach Ertz confused. Uh, Tom Selleck? Tom <laughs> Selleck. One's with an S, one's with a C. All right. That, uh, that'll that wrap up. Uh, wrap it up. And by the way, Ralph, I know yes. you're a big PFF guy. Kobe Fleener was like fourth or fifth <laughs> on PFF's free agent 2016 free agency tight end uh-huh. list. So he was behind Watson and uh, a whole bunch of other guys. Yeah. Well, no, the, the, the uh, you're, you, I'm not arguing with you that he was a bad signing. I'm just saying like, that's the going rate for a mediocre tight end. But that, but, well, but, but that was my argument. I, I, I really, I really thought that they had overpaid him regardless of just for, for free agent tight ends in 2016. My my initial argument was that I think they still paid him too much. Well, see, that's where I disagree. They didn't pay I know, him too no, much I know. because that no, that's what I, you I have to pay to get a guy that produces at that level. But, but I don't think they should have signed him. Yeah, I think they should have just drafted a guy and ho- hoped to develop him or something. Me, me, and Andrew, Andrew was driving in the car and called me and told me what they gave Kobe Fleener, and I nearly wrecked my car. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I was like, I remember, you, I remember you saying they did what? They did what? They fucking for how much? Thirty what? Did the fuck! Did the angel call you every day on your drive home to, to get, oh. like, give you a, a recap of uh, of the NF the, the day's NFL news? You talk on the phone. You guys, I know you guys are adorable. You guys are fucking adorable, know. especially on Monday. We have to like you like try- you like see you see each other like two times a year. Yeah, but you're yeah. like besties. We're besties. Mm-hmm. It's besties. adorable. It's, it's fucking adorable. About thousands of miles. I love away. it. I love you guys. <laughs> love you too, Dave. <laughs> ah, so, for Dave, for Kevin, who's hiking, for Andrew, uh, until next. For, for Dave at the train station. Yeah. Until next That's week. That's a streetcar. That's a streetcar. Train. <laughs> train. It's very New Orleans. Street. We're giving you some real authentic New Orleans sounds here on the podcast. Streetcar right sounds better bend. than streetcar sound better than cat. So <laughs> until next week. Oh yeah, I have, that's right. I realized no I cat. Can, your wife, I your wife didn't guys, come home to feed the cat today. No. I can no. give you guys some uh, authentic Charlottesville sounds with uh, the Nazi protests outside tiki, if you want. Tiki, tiki torches are sold out. So <laughs> until next week, the bar is closed. <laughs>